Downtown Productions in cooperation with Zone Radio presents Downtown, the podcast. From the historic Zone Radio studios, here's your host, Rich Kimball. Hey, hey, welcome. It is Downtown, the podcast. I am Rich Kimball. Carrie Haskell here in studio as well for episode number 137. Downtown, the podcast brought to you every week by Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. Well, a couple of very entertaining guests with us on the program this time around in the second half of the podcast. Our good friend John Davidson pays a visit, and, uh, well, we we get a little holiday music from John, but also some great uh, memories as well of some of the Christmas specials that uh, he hosted uh, back in the 70s, and also some memories uh, from his childhood and, and some fun stories about uh, Christmas as a young John Davidson. Well, we get things underway by welcoming to the podcast for the very first time a guy who, uh, well, was part of the landmark cast of the original Saturday Night Live in 1975, the breakout star of the Not Ready for Primetime Players. Hard to believe Chevy Chase was only with Saturday Night Live for one season because he he had such an impact on the show. It is. Everybody has trouble wrapping their heads around it, but his work on there was just so groundbreaking that that it seems like he was there much longer. And he had been a success before that uh, on stage with uh, Lemmings, which was the uh, National Lampoon stage play, which spun off from the equally successful National Lampoon Radio Hour. Uh, Chevy has gone on to a long career in films and has actually has been doing virtual discussions with his National Lampoon's Christmas vacation castmate, Beverly D'Angelo, including one that was hosted locally here by the Cross Insurance Center uh, in Bangor. And let's say we had an adventure locking in Chevy for the show through no fault of his own. You you go through third parties, sometimes they're a mix-up. So we had some struggles, but it all all paid off. Uh, Chevy came on with us and turned out to be uh, delightful talking about these uh, virtual Griswold Christmases with Beverly D'Angelo and, and digging a little deeper into some of the highlights of his remarkable comedy career. Chevy Chase on Downtown the Podcast. Hello. Hello, Chevy. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm very good. Uh, well, I'm sorry we had some hiccups here, uh, some some miscommunication about the days and times, possibly planetary alignments, but it's all good now. Well, I gave me two wrong numbers, too. Ah, well, that helps as well. Well, we're we're here together now, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters, Rich. <laughs> okay, what's up? Uh, well, I'm so looking forward to uh, this uh, special event with you and Beverly D'Angelo that uh, we'll be a part of around here uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, you guys had such great chemistry in these films. You still got that, I'm sure, after all these years. Oh, yeah. Uh, as long as I keep her uh, mouth closed. <laughs> no, you'll find out. Uh, no, no, uh, she she just likes to talk a lot. Any question asked of me, she will answer. <laughs> <laughs> what what is it, Chippy? But I love her. Although I got to tell you, she's really some gal. What is it about those, those uh, John Hughes characters that that so many people were able to identify with? Well, um, Jesus, I don't know. I. I uh, I guess really, you know, it, it's hard for me to get. He wrote, uh, you know, for the Lampoon, the National Lampoon. So did I, by the way. And uh, 
uh, I think he he captured something. Uh, I don't know if it was the lampoon. I can't remember now, but it was a short story of sorts uh, that uh, captured something right about his teenage life and maybe everybody's a little bit. Um, the thing about it that's difficult for me to put together is that when we got the first uh, uh, lampoon uh, movie, uh, just just National Lampoon's Vacation, uh, Harold Ramis, who directed it, and I sat together for the better part of a year and rewrote it uh, so that it wasn't really John, ultimately <laughs> John's script. Uh, you know, rewrote it to my liking and Harold's liking. And Harold's a very funny guy who's in uh, Toronto, Second City and stuff. So, uh, as I said, he directed it. And, and so it's difficult to say how much we just uh, kicked John out of it. <laughs> we didn't. Um, uh, you know, so, you know, and that happens with most films and stars, you know, that, that uh, the rewriting of the things. And, and it happened with all the lampoon vacation movies uh so uh and they weren't all written by john either so you know nothing against john it's just that that's the way things happen you have so much great physicality uh, in those films and in a number of your roles were you in college how old were you when you figured out that you had this this gift for the pratfall oh i went to college at the age of 14 that's a lie um <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I started off uh, being an athlete when I was about five or six, and my dad was a great athlete, and he always went out with us and threw the football and this and that, and played. He was a great tennis player, and, and so he start, started teaching us tennis at five. And um, uh, so Ned and I, my older brother, just turned out to be, luckily, uh, good athletes. And um, uh, how old was I? Pratt Falls, you know, they just become a part of something. When I played soccer, for instance, in high school and in college, you know, you've got to learn how to Pratt Fall in a sense. Certainly you got to learn how to fall. And if you watch any soccer on television or something, you'll see that the, everybody's doing Pratt Falls the whole time, <laughs> pretending <laughs> that they've been hurt just to get a, a, a free kick. Yeah, so it's sort of part of the thing. I love to pratfall. <laughs> We're talking with Chevy Chase here on downtown. Uh, anytime we get somebody on who who knew him, I have to ask, and and you knew him perhaps uh, as well as anybody. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your very talented friend Doug Kenny? Oh my God, I loved Doug. I mean, we were we were in love. Uh, we weren't homosexuals, but we were in love, and uh, <laughs> Doug. Uh, he was brilliant, you know. He and uh, and um, Henry Beard they 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 founded and, and started the uh, National Lampoon, uh, the, the great magazine. And um, uh, Doug was just uh, a marvel. I I I, I latched on to Doug at uh, I think uh, a, a, a sort of a oh, I don't know what you'd call it. we were promoting. Um, uh, uh, the first uh, uh, Caddyshack. That's what it was, Caddyshack. And uh, he was sort of uh, either drunk or stoned or something, but his head was down on that table while we were promoting this. And, uh, 
Rodney Dangerfield's uh, little uh, restaurant there in New York. And so I latched on to him because I knew how wonderful he was. And I mean, we were friends, sort of, but I took him down to uh, Hawaii uh, <laughs> just to get him out off that stuff. And we had a great time in about a month or so of, of, of great stuff, playing a lot of tennis and enjoying each other without any need for that. And uh, then I had to leave because I was starting another project. And by God, he he went over to the next island and committed suicide. We think uh, mm-hmm. people. Uh, a lot of people say he, uh, you know, he fell. But in fact, he left his shoes together and his glasses at the top. So I, I got other opinions. Well, what, Chevy? Was it, wasn't it you who said he fell looking for a place to jump? <laughs> I don't know if I said that or somebody else. Probably Michael O'Donoghue. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Michael. <laughs> My God, what a thing. Anyway, there you, there you have it on Doug. Uh, just a wonderful, funny, wonderful man. I don't know why he would have he would have jumped, but um, God. Anyway, next. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the, the great scene. Everybody loves Caddyshack, of course. The, the great scene with you and Bill Murray, is it, is it true that that whole thing was improvised? Oh, I'll say, yeah. Uh, yeah, because um, we uh, it started with Harold and I thinking, you know, we really should have a scene between me and Bill. I mean, we were the two funniest guys there, and um, I loved Bill, and uh, I think he he had a, 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 a sense of of uh, dread for me, and <laughs> 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 which didn't turn out to be true. Uh, but we were very happy with each other and wanted to have a scene, so. It just we thought, well, let's begin it with me coming into his caddy shack, basically, and uh, and uh, because I've hit a ball in there somehow, uh, and uh, and we just we'll go from there, uh, and uh, we so we practiced that once <laughs> and showed where we'd be for the cameras, et cetera, and uh, just winged it, and you know. You can tell we winged it because I caught Bill uh, actually losing it and, and, and started starting to actually laugh at one of the lines. I, uh, oh, he said, uh, you have a pool, don't you? And I said, yeah, we got a pool and a pond. A pond would be good for you. And he cuts the bill, and you can see it's starting to go. <laughs> he, has, he, has to, he has to stop that and move to another uh, sentence, you know. <laughs> I was very happy with getting him to, to crack because it's not easy. <laughs> Everybody looks at Saturday Night Live, and for those who aren't aware, they might think of that as, as the beginning of your career, but you had had such tremendous success before. You mentioned Lampoon, but also something I was a big fan of, the National Lampoon Radio Hour, which uh, was was so brilliant and had so much of the talent that would make up the cast of the original SNL. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, certainly Belushi uh, and, uh, you know, Bill, I think, was on that, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. It's even more fun in a sense than TV because you can practically do anything and get away with it. Um, 
Yeah, I, I loved that. And you're reaching the whole country. It's just a, we, we said it was a National Lampoon radio hour, but of course it was a half hour, which would be our joke. <laughs> <laughs> People would be going, what? I, we didn't get to the other half. Uh, yeah, okay, well, well, we'll send it to you, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, man, that was a great thing. By the way, before that, I was doing uh, something called Lemmings for about four well, or five years. At yes. The village, uh, 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 yeah, and, and uh, down in the village at the uh, uh, 4th Street Theater. Uh, and uh, John was... Uh, in that, he was kind of the star of that, actually, Belushi. Um, so, you know, we, we had a great time, yeah. And your your project, even before that, was it uh, Channel One that you did uh, back in the early days? Good thing that you brought that up, because we did that for about five years, me and Ken Shapiro and, uh, and others. Um, Ken Shapiro has passed, uh, thank God. Anyway, uh, but... <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I'll take. I suppose I should take that back, but he's dead, so screw it. Uh, <laughs> he was a very, very funny man. I tell you that. But he was kind of a, an asshole. Oh, I'm sorry I said that. Yeah. Uh, are we on the radio live? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's what I said. I saw something where you said that uh, your character in Community, uh, Pierce Hawthorne, uh, was was very similar to you. W- what traits do you share with him? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, similar to me in that, you know, not similar in, in that I, I don't speak uh, exactly like that, and I don't, I don't do anything like that guy. But at the same time, uh, as much as I could shift uh, the uh, dialogue, uh, it was sort of like me, yeah. It was like me. I, you know, I just always wished that I could, you know, Fletch was like me. That's like me, you know. I don't know if you saw that movie, but oh, yeah. that movie, yeah, well, that movie, uh, you know, that's the way I am. And uh, I was able to wing it a lot because of the director, Michael Ritchie, who had done terrific movies. And, uh, uh, you know, he said, just go, Trev, so long as we had... So long as I took care of the lighting and the uh, where I was for the camera and all of that, and and the idea behind that particular, you know, scene, I was pretty much let go, and uh, I, I I really enjoyed. That's my favorite movie because I was allowed to go like that. I, I loved a film you did. Uh, I think with George Roy Hill, Funny Farm. Oh yeah, well, what a great man and a great director. Uh, it was called um, uh, 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 The Long Road Back. No, what's it? It's called... Uh, Funny Farm. Well, I forgot the name. Yeah, Funny Farm. Good God, Jeffy. Uh, I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Funny Farm. It was a wonderful movie, uh, uh, but and, and much fun to make, and a beautiful home up in Vermont, Grafton, Vermont. <clears throat> and... Um, uh, you know, I, the whole time I was making, I got so close to George Roy Hill. He was a great director, a great man. And uh, yeah, just uh, shared with him my thoughts, uh, like at night after we'd been shooting or whenever. And he was he was very open to that. And I loved it. But it, really, I, I, took, I did whatever he, th- he thought because he was so good. 
I saw a piece of several years ago now um, with you and your wife, Janie, and you talked about uh, when you made the decision to, to leave Hollywood, uh, move to back to the east, uh, back to New York, and uh, your daughters yeah. were included in that. And uh, man, they were they were so great and had it so together and were so well-spoken. And, and you talked about making that choice for your family. And, and I wonder, you know, did that in some ways preserve your sanity and, and obviously it did wonderful things for your girls. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, my girls were like that from being the, from the time they were born. I mean, they're just so great. They very, um, uh, very articulate and, and very, uh, different from each other in some ways, but very much alike too. And you know that's really, it's really. I'm going to put that on Janie. She's a remarkable girl, remarkable woman, and um, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. She just uh, her ethics and uh, aspirations and all of that are are simple in many ways, but uh, are are just the way we we'd want it. You know, I, I I can't tell you when I say we. I mean, men, mankind, <laughs> they, they, they just stay out of your way. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so you've got a new film coming out uh, with uh, Paul Hogan. I would have cast a Paul Hogan, John Cleese, Olivia Newton-John. Can you tell us anything about the very excellent Mr. Dundee? I know so little about it. <laughs> I think John Cleese probably knows a little even more. I'm not in it very long. I think what it does is plays off, you know, the, the, that uh, Crocodile Dundee thing, and uh, and what it what it's like for the guy who played that that part uh, afterwards, and uh, and you know, uh, Paul's very good at, at playing Dundee or or playing Paul Hogan, and so I I look forward to seeing it. I've not seen a cut of it, so I don't know much about it, but I have a feeling with that title. And Paul Hogan, it's going to open big, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Chevy, thank you so much. I'm glad we were able to catch up with each other and uh, appreciate your time this afternoon. Hope uh, you and Janie and your family have a, a wonderful Christmas. Stay safe. Yeah, you too, man. All right. Thanks Merry a Christmas. lot. Happy New Year. Chevy Chase with us on downtown. And that's, you know, another one of those that was, uh, when you got started, it was a little bit surreal there as somebody who, yeah, that, that was my sense of humor. I, I was in high school when Saturday Night Live mm. debuted and, and got caught up in that. And, uh, you know, I think because he was doing uh, not a lot of interviews, but a handful of these interviews to promote their uh, virtual Christmas shows with the Griswolds. And, and I think early on he was given the road answers. But yeah, once we uh, dug a little deeper and started talking about his friendship with Doug Kenny and and uh, some of the other, perhaps not so widely known aspects of his career. I, I thought he uh, he was great. He opened up. He actually did some promos for us when we got done recording the conversation. But, you know, an interesting guy. He is. And, and I think he was guarded at first. And as as you said, it happens a lot. People are don't know who they're talking to until the conversation gets mm. started. And the conversations generally build from the, that rote beginning. And, you know, he's had a reputation of being a little prickly at times with people. Uh, but our friend Josh Karp has interviewed him before and, and said he was he was terrific when he talked to him. And 
And uh, we had fun. He couldn't have been nicer. So uh, thanks to him and, and thanks to his wife, Janie, for making sure that the interview actually uh, came to pass when we had some some issues putting it all together. But that was fun. Chevy Chase here on Downtown, the podcast. When we come back, our friend John Davidson with some wonderful Christmas tales and a little music as well after this word from Cross Insurance. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. friend John Davidson here on Downtown the Podcast. John is a regular on our show over the course of the last couple of years and always a, a fun guy to talk with. We caught up with him recently and talked about the holidays. Obviously different this year as we deal with the pandemic and quarantine, but, but we got John to share some memories of some of his old Christmas specials and some, some very fun stories about uh, growing up at Christmas time as well. John Davidson on Downtown the Podcast. Well, John, how are you? How are things going for you in this uh, interesting time we're going through? Well, uh, to be honest, uh, <laughs> I've been trying to, uh, knowing that I was coming on your show, which I've done a number of times, and I always enjoy talking to you, and, and I, but I'm trying to think of celebrating Christmas in the middle of this pandemic and all the pain and all the sadness around it of empty chairs at family tables and i'll be honest with you i've been trying to uh i've been trying to sing this and uh i I, everything is different now this year i think we all have to dig deep and remember those great times with loved ones and and uh and know that that's going to come back we're going to have a future it appears now that by Six months from now, things are going to be much better, but at this point, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the ones I used to know where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. I'm just dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. May your days be merry and bright, and may all your Christmases be white. I. When I say white, I mean, may they be COVID-free, may they be pure, may they be loving, may they be giving, may they have all that spirit of this time of year that we're used to. I, I uh, It's going to be more of a challenge to find that this year. No question. But that, wow, that was beautiful, John. That's wonderful. 
I, I was um, I was looking back uh, online at uh, one of your Christmas specials uh, you did yeah. from back in the seventies, and is the story right that uh, they did it out in California and they had to bring in artificial snow to make it look like Christmas time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks for remembering that, Rich. Yeah, <laughs> I did three family. Christmas specials uh, with my first wife, who I'm still very close with, Jackie. Uh, we lived in Hidden Hills, California, and of course there's no snow. And I read an article in the paper. I, actually, uh, my secretary at that time, I think Nancy Barney, uh, uh, showed me an article of a guy who lived uh, in California, or maybe even Arizona, and gave his family like 40 tons of snow for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it went away. And so uh, Dick Clark, I, my very first Christmas special with my family there, uh, Dick Clark said, why don't we make that the basis to our Christmas special for this year? And so we, we covered our house with, not with snow and, and the yard and everything, but what it actually was is the, the uh, a special effects guy showed us how this would look like snow. It's a air paint. It's a fire repellent for when a plane has to land at an airport. They spray this on the runway so that it will prevent fire from happening. And it looks like snow. It's a foam. It's sort of a foam thing, and you can't make snowballs, although we pr pretended to. And, <laughs> but uh, you walk through it. You have to wear boots and. And then we put a fake uh, ice thing so that the Lennon sisters, my guests, could ice skate on the ice. And yeah, so we had snow in Southern California. It was, it was a fun idea. Yeah. We're talking with John Davidson on downtown. John, I don't think a week goes by that we don't have someone on the show who has worked with you somewhere along the way. Most recently, uh, we were talking with John Biner. And uh, he yeah. had he had uh, well, a number of stories from Hollywood Squares, but also uh, from a special you did uh, highlighting, I think it was the the Playmate of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I during a period of time, mostly in the seventies and eighties, uh, I was a host for hire, of course, and I hosted the Hollywood Squares. I, ho I hosted a guest hosted the Carson Show many times, you know, and sat in for Johnny and uh, and I hosted. That's incredible, and so. I was sort of the Tom Bergeron of the 70s. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good New Hampshire guy. Uh, uh, and uh, I, uh, I hosted uh, the Miss World pageant all over the world. I hosted Miss Hollywood Press. And uh, I, I don't actually remember Playmate of the Year. I can't believe I really did that. I. I've, did, I've done several shows where John Biner was the comedian on the show. He's just just such a guaranteed uh, entertainment kind of guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Well, uh, but I, I don't actually remember playing Gate of the Year, quite honestly. Well, he remembered it so much <laughs> because Groucho Marx was was there, and he got a chance to meet Groucho, and that was that would be something anybody would remember. Well, oh yeah, oh now this is starting. Yeah. I think Groucho Marx made an appearance. Uh, I'm not sure that Groucho knew that he was actually there, but he, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was it was late in his career, of course, and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Biner Biner knocked him out. I remember that. He's just he's always with his impressions and his jokes and his knowledge of human nature. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I see you're still uh, busy doing things on Cameo. Yeah, I, st- I, I, I love doing Cameos. This is a thing, of course, you, you can go to Cameo on the Internet and, and punch in John Davidson. And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm one of the expensive ones because I love doing it. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I don't do it for the money. Uh, it's about a two, two and a half minute thing, maybe sometimes three minutes if I get carried away. I usually sing a song or uh, happy birthday or happy anniversary or uh, 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 there's some other weird ones that I, I have to edit and not do what they want me to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, message is like that. I, I love doing it. Uh, I, I, it gives me a reason to uh, to get cleaned up and, and to look as good as I can look here. And, and uh, I, I do usually do it with the hills of New Hampshire in the background. If I lived in Maine, I'd use, I'd use Maine as well. I just, I love New England and I'm so proud to be a New Englander. Also, uh, the holiday season is definitely here. And if people are looking for gift ideas, I'm gonna say it wouldn't be a bad idea to visit your store online at johndavidson.com. Lots of music. And I don't know that we've ever talked about this, but uh, your your card game that you created called Borderline. Well, Rich, you're so nice to help me <laughs> to help me sell my jams and jellies to put my grandchildren <laughs> through college. Um, yeah, uh, my, my Christmas album is there. I've got a great Christmas album with full orchestra done back in the '80s. Of course, the songs are as fresh as we're using the same songs today, but. Yeah, I, I sang really well on it and, and great orchestrations. So, so it's called uh, John Davidson, uh, my, my Christmas favorites. It's there on John Davidson. But yeah, my, my wife Rhonda and I created a geography card game called Borderline USA. It's all about where the states are. Uh, it doesn't uh, test your knowledge. It, it teaches you geography of there's a state card for every state. And you, you can play your, you can try to get rid of your cards just like uh, Uno. Uh, but you got to play something that borders the previous card played. For example, if somebody played Maine, you could play, the, the, there's a Canada card, there's a Atlantic Ocean card, there is a New Hampshire card, and but you can bluff. You could probably play your mass, your mass Massachusetts card on Maine if nobody challenges it. And for people out West, I'm sure they think that Massachusetts <laughs> borders Maine, but of course it doesn't. And, uh, that's that's part of the fun is bluffing with borderline it's available on my website and it's a, it's a good family game especially when we're all quarantining yeah ron and i are really proud of it when you were a kid john or, or even even now is there a favorite christmas song that you like to hear or or like to sing what's the one that does it for you uh, by the way i neglected to say that borderline usa is the winner of the parents choice gold seal Oh. Uh, it, it won an award with the Parents' Choice people. Um, yeah, I grew up in West Bridgewater, Mass, outside of Brockton and in, in the 50s, and uh, uh, we moved away uh, uh, and moved to White Plains, New York, and everybody made fun of my accent. But <laughs> I, I, I learned, we three kings of Orient are bearing gifts, we travel afar. <laughs> and so I still think of... <laughs> We three kings, they they were from Orient Ah, and and <laughs> bearing gifts, they traveled afar. Uh, uh, you you can't you can't talk me out of it. Um, I think, uh, uh, of course, everybody loves silence. It's so simple, and that's one that I 
that I, I can do on my guitar in my show. I, I like, um, I, I love city sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas, children laughing, people passing, sharing uh, smile after smile. And on every street corner, you hear silver bells, silver bells. I just, I love the way that, that song goes along. Um, I also, I remember Harry Belafonte recorded long time ago in, Bex uh, in Mexico, in <laughs> Bethlehem. So the Holy Bible say, Mary's born child, Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day. Hark, I now hear the angels sing, new king born today, and man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. I, 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 uh, I was a big Harry Belafonte fan, so I, I love that. There's so many of them, even if you're not uh, 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 religious, which which I'm not, I, uh, but I just, I love the music. And of course, my dad was a, my dad and mom were ordained Baptist ministers. So what I remember, quite honestly, I and my three brothers at Christmas time, that was a, the time when the family business, which was the church, uh, had to take precedent. So, I mean, every night of Christmas week, the week leading up to Christmas was a candlelight service and a, uh, oh, the, the hallelujah chorus would be one night for the church to sing the hallelujah chorus and, and a lighting of the Christmas tree, another thing. So there was something at the church every night, and that's when I didn't see my dad or my mom very much at all because the business was going. And uh, as a matter of fact, my brother Lee was born on Christmas Day. My mother was in the hospital having my brother. Uh, this was in 1950, and I was uh, nine years old. And my dad said, look, I'm very busy at Christmas season, and your mother's in the hospital. Um, here's here's money. I think he gave us like a hundred bucks. And he said, you, you go to the store and you just buy whatever you want. <laughs> you just go up and down the aisle and you pick out. And now he said, now you're going to have to wrap them yourself. You're going to have to wrap the presents. And, and then you're going to have to be surprised uh, when, when you open them in front of your brothers. <laughs> and uh, so we agreed to all that. And I went crazy in the store. I tried to make that hundred dollars last as much as it could. I think that's about, uh, what would it be, like $300 nowadays. <laughs> but uh, it was my favorite Christmas because I got to decide what I wanted because my dad was too busy and my mother was in the hospital having my brother. <laughs> that's a great story. I love that. Well, it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about Christmas movies? I'm a sucker for, for Christmas movies, especially the older ones. Uh, do, you have, do you like them? Do you have a favorite? Oh, of course, uh, the Jimmy Stewart, uh, that, is it, that Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life, yep. Yeah. Oh, the message in that is incredible. What what would happen uh, if if we weren't around? What what? How would life be? And to show you that you do mean something to other people. You, you do make a difference, and the more difference we can all make, the better. Uh, that's the message of that is great. And, and Jimmy Stewart was just so honest and so good in that. Um, and it was directed by some great director, right? Who directed that? Do you know? Uh, Frank Capra. I think Frank Capra. I think you're right. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I knew it wasn't Spielberg, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so I, I love the message of that. And uh, I must say, I, I watch that every year. Uh, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I, uh, I sort of remember the ending, but I, <laughs> I often think, I sort of see things that I'd, oh yeah, that's how that happened. Oh yeah, I didn't realize that happened so quickly or, or so wonderfully. Um, yeah, I, uh, how the the whole Grinch stole Christmas thing doesn't get to me. I just I, I I'd be okay if that just kind of went away. I hate to say that, <laughs> even though I I uh, I like uh, Jim. Uh, who plays the Grinch? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. I like Jim Carrey so much, but uh, yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I think the, the wonderful life. Everybody loves that, and. Uh, uh, I, there is a show called White Christmas that's done a lot. Uh, in the movie, it was Bing Crosby playing the um, the old general that they 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 uh, trick this old general into coming back, and it's really a tribute to him. And uh, it's a play now that my buddy John Shuck does every year, um, and it's a great part. I, I would I guess I would like to do that, although. I, I, it, the, uh, the general doesn't sing. I, I still love to sing with my guitar, so I, I would miss singing. But White Christmas is always a, a good film with uh, Rosemary Clooney yes. and, oh my goodness, Donald O'Connor. And is it Donald O'Connor? I think it's Donald O'Connor or Danny Kaye. I, 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 I may get him confused, but yeah, it's a wonderful movie. Wonderful yeah, movie. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's uh, Danny Kaye, uh, who I admire so much. Oh, what a multi talented uh, storyteller. Danny Kay, and um, yeah, I can't think of the the dancer lady with Rosemary Clooney. She was her friend. Hmm. Who was the dancer? Oh man, I'm going to look it up. You know, we're recording this, so I can look it up and we find yeah. out. It's... Anyway, it, it uh, this lady had no waist. Oh, she had a Vera she... Ellen. Who? Vera Ellen. Vera Allen. Allen or Ellen? Uh, Vera Ellen. Allen. Yeah. Ellen. Oh, Ellen. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, she, uh, I mean, I don't know how she was able to breathe. She had this uh, waistband <laughs> around her. It was just, it was weird. She had such a small waist, and uh, but she certainly danced great, and so it's just great. Um, but say, speaking of singing, I still love to sing. Rich, I'm doing a project for next year. When, whenever whenever uh, COVID-19 uh, goes away, I, you know, I live, I live in Sandwich, New Hampshire, and I want to have a performance club there, and I'm of course going to call it Club Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, that that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend say to me, "Well, is it a deli? I mean, <laughs> what, what 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 do you do there?" I said, "No, it's not a deli. I'm, I'm going to show with musical notes all around it that." It's where I do my show, which is going to be called the New Hampshire Show. It's all about New Hampshire. It's a celebration of New Hampshire. I'm going to sing songs like White Mountain Fever and, and uh, Live Free or Die. And I'm going to do it with video screens. So it's going to be a multimedia show. But I'm going to do it uh, on uh, Main Street right there in, in Center Sandwich. So I'm all, I'll be talking to you about that next year probably. But I hope that a lot of Mainists will come over and enjoy a Songs about New Hampshire. You know, the greatest thing about living in New Hampshire is that you have Maine as a neighbor. <laughs> no question about that. Well, I will be there, John. I can't wait to see you uh, back doing what you do so well, uh, singing and telling your stories and entertaining folks. And 
hopefully uh, by by next summer we'll all be back and enjoying that again but it, it is it's so good to catch up with you john we always love having you on our show and appreciate you making some time for us today and and, and hope you have even in these trying times uh, as as good a christmas as you can possibly have and that you stay safe and uh, we get into this new year and begin to turn the corner on things oh thanks rich and don't forget about happy new year i'm uh, this is a time for making great New Year's resolutions. So uh, happy New Year, everybody. Absolutely. John, thank you so much. And we'll catch up with you in that new year. Thanks, Rich. That's John Davidson with us here on Downtown. Always enjoy talking with John. Our thanks to him and thanks to Chevy Chase as well for joining us this week. Thanks to you for being here. Hope you like the show. If you're a first-timer, uh, post a review, subscribe, tell your friends, spread the good word. The check's in the mail if you do that to work it out with legal if we can do it if we can do it then we'll make it happen (laughs) just in case we don't though a sincere thank you is worth i think just as much as whatever paltry sum we could send your way that's going to wrap it up for us we remind you the podcast brought to you every week by cross insurance for carrie haskell i'm rich kimball we'll see you next time you're on downtown